Welcome to Platform Church Rested Life Conversations. Platform is a young, dynamic, multidimensional church. We offer inspirational, practical, and relevant teaching that is applicable for your daily living. At Platform, our teaching is relevant to people of all ages, race, color, nationality, and of different socioeconomic backgrounds. At Platform Church, we believe that the rested life is a reality for us. For more information, visit platformchurch.co.za. Enjoy the rested life conversations. Now, here is your host, Darlington Steve. Lord, I ask, O oh Lord, that the pain, the trouble, the anxiety, the fears, the discomfort, Father, the worry, whatever it is, O oh Lord, that is in anyone's life currently streaming now or that will be streaming later, Father, I declare tonight that this service will answer them in the name of Jesus. Lord, I speak to this person that is currently streaming and I declare upon your life that which have cost you tears, that which have cost you pain, that which have caused you uh, an, an untold effect of disappointment that you cannot think of. I declare tonight by the sound of God upon my mouth uh, that from tonight onward um, you will begin to experience peace in the name of Jesus. I speak over your destiny. Whatever has been questioning the God of the rested life in your life, um, whatever has been questioning your salvation, whatever has been questioning your redemptive rights in Christ Jesus, after tonight's service is over, you will look for that thing. You will not see it anymore in the name of Jesus. I decree upon you tonight that 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 has given you discomfort in the past month, the past years, the past week, the past days, after this service is over, you will look for them. You will not find them in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take charge over the service. We are here tonight for you again to tell us who you are. For you again to unveil the mysteries that you have, O oh Lord. For you again to unveil the Christ in us that is currently seated on our inside. Father, do what only you can do. We ask that this service be governed by the Holy Spirit. We ask that this service be governed by God himself. And Father, let your will be done upon everyone's life tonight in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, use my mouth, O oh Lord, to address somebody's situation. Use my thought to address somebody's situation and let someone's life tonight encounter Christ like never before in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because we know that this is done. To you, we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. And God's people saying, Amen. Family, we want to thank you for joining us on this very particular service. And for those of you who are currently streaming right now on, on, on either of the platform, maybe you are streaming on Facebook or you are streaming on YouTube, yeah, or probably you are streaming on platformchurch.co.za, uh, I want to definitely just bring this one. We have a new platform also where you can then be able to stream at any point in time. It is known as MixSL. MixXL. Um, it's a platform that you can download online and definitely all you just need to do download it. Search for Platform Church right now as I'm talking to you you'll be hearing me uh, definitely so it's just another avenue for us to be able to spread the gospel of christ so that you then don't need to struggle sometimes you understand that data can be expensive but this very particular platform that are audio centered definitely the the the, 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 the bite rate that it will be taken from your phone would not be that heavy and you can be able to enjoy all the service um, that we'll be doing especially from this season moving forward with that being said tonight our team of this month has been talked open heaven 
Open heaven. That was what God said to us in this very particular month. And I know that some of you already, you're currently experiencing open heaven. I also am experiencing open heaven, but at the same time, also, I want to experience more. <laughs> I don't know if somebody are like me, if somebody is there, whether you are like me, you just want to experience more. You, you, you're tired of the smallness. You want something big. You want something more. You want something that you know that, okay, fine, this very particular one, um, God, I know that you are doing it, but I, I can go for more. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm that kind of person where I believe that I can go for more. And if you're like me tonight, I want to say congratulations because tonight we'll be looking at how we can be able to go for more regardless of the uncertainties that we are currently facing. What are the things that we need to understand, things that we need to do for us to be able to route the possibility that God has actually marked for us to route this season. And so because of that, the title of the message is Rituals in Times of Uncertainty rituals in times of uncertainty i know some people may be asking why the word ritual because a lot of the time when you use the word ritual people believe that the word ritual is for lack of a better word it's something that is associated with the devil or it's something that is i mean um, statement that is associated with the kingdom of darkness so ritual is just a practice that you need to be able to engage in day in day out and that's the why why we use this one that's the reason why by the power of the Holy Spirit, empowered me for me to use this word rituals. If you notice the ritual there, it has S, which means things that you can do in the place of uncertainty, things that you can engage in in the place of uncertainty. Whether you like it or not, my dear sisters and brothers, we all are facing uncertainties. We all woke up in this very particular season of COVID 19. In fact, it was called COVID 19, and yet we're in 2021, and yet the thing is still there. <laughs> so you almost want to feel like, look, if it's 19, it's true, but you died in 19 and not cross to 20 but it crossed to 20 now we are in 2021 august 19 and so because of that we need to understand that we are living in times that is uncertain we don't know what is going to happen but one of the things i want to say to somebody there are system and structure in god that we can engage as ritual that can be able to govern to cover and to direct us in the place of uncertainty it is in the place of uncertainty most times i have seen god show himself in the place where men have says that your time is over that is when god decided to say it is my time to show you forth i don't know who you are tonight that same place where men has written you off that same place where men are saying that nothing good can come out of your life i declare upon your life that in these times of uncertainty you will burst forth with new revelation you will burst forth with new mindset you will burst forth with new grace in the name of jesus and so because of that let's look at one scripture of few scriptures as our text before we begin to go and see what are the rituals that guarantees victory in uncertain times because tonight i just want to bring a thought so that we all can take it together and we all can run with it and so before we look at what are the rituals that can guarantee victory in the place of uncertainty and this point that i'm going to be bringing tonight these are stuff that i also i do personally even when i feel as if god is silent these are stuff that i do i don't know about you but you get to point whereby you feel as if god is silent <laughs> you feel as if okay god did you go on public holiday sometimes you feel as if god i have done all i can do and i'm still doing what you want me to do what the hell is going on <laughs> and, and and you are wondering and all of a sudden you begin to have for lack of a better word um your hair begin to go in like my own in this side and you are thinking but god time is running out 
But I'm here to tell you tonight that as we engage on this very particular ritual, for some of you, it's going to be a reminder. For some of you, it's going to be, aha! For some of you, it's an eye-opening. Because why? God is going to be speaking directly to you regarding that space of your life that you need to be able to engage that can be able to close up the uncertainties that you are currently going through. James chapter 1 verse 12. James chapter 1 verse 12, the Bible here says, it says, blessed is the man who persevere under trials. <laughs> I know you don't like such scripture because majority of us as believers, we don't like scriptures that talks about trials. We don't like scripture that talks about pain. We don't like scripture that talks about trials, tribulations, and temptation. We all want the rest of life to be a reality. Come rain, come sun, come winter, come summer. But I'm here to tell you tonight that there is a blessing for the man who persevere under trials. There is a blessing for the man who understand that trials is not something that comes to destroy me. But trials is something that God can use to show forth his glory upon my life. I will say it again. Trials is not something that has been brought to destroy me. No. Trials is something that God can use to manifest himself again in that area of our life. And so this scripture makes us to understand. It says, blessed is the man who persevere on the trials. It says, because when he stood the test. So which means that is a place of standing the test. He said, he said, because when he stood the test, he will receive a crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. He says, God has promised to give them a crown of life. But as long as you're on earth, there's a crown of victory. There's a crown of testimony. There's a crown of breakthrough. There's a crown of favor. But he says in that very particular scripture, he said, blessed is the man who persevere on the trials. Now, I'm here to tell you tonight that regardless of the trial that you are currently going through, as long as perseverance is in the picture, I'm here to tell you tonight, congratulations. Because why? As you are about to stood the test of time, you will be blessed beyond measure in the name of Jesus. He said, blessed is the man who persevered. Blessed is the man who did not give up. Blessed is the man who did not chicken out. Blessed is the man who believed that the rest of life is a reality for them. Blessed is the man who believed that this very particular sickness is not unto death. Blessed is the man who believed that my husband decided to divorce me or my partner decided to break up with me. Blessed is the man who did who persevere under trials. Blessed is the man who the boss fired this morning and yet you are thinking, God, why me? I paid my tithe, paid my offering do all kinds of things but yet my boss fire me this morning blessed is the man who persevere on the trials i don't know what is a trial that you are currently going through i am here to tell you tonight um, that i pray for the grace for you to go through the trial i pray for the grace for you to go through the process because why i know too well that at the end of that process uh, you will come up victorious in the name of Jesus. I release strength to push again. I release strength to move forward. I release strength to start all over. I release strength for you to go again. I release strength upon your life in the name of Jesus. And for this very particular sister currently streaming, I decree upon your life, you have gotten to the place whereby the Lord said to me that this season now, it is your season 
see where your day is about to break. <laughs> your day is about to break. 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 In the name of Jesus. The Bible said, Weeping may endure for a night. Weeping may endure for a night. It said, Joy comes in the morning i'm here to introduce you to your joy time <laughs> i'm here to introduce you to your joy time i'm here to introduce you to your joy time your time of singing it is coming now in the name of jesus it says here blessed is the man who persevere on the trials blessed is the man who persevere on the trials we also see with the life of Paul the Apostle in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 6 to verse 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 from verse 6 to verse 9. We get to understand the scripture from the NIV translation. It says here, it says we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. It says perplexed, but not despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. My dear, I don't know who you are. Paul the Apostle was making us to understand that this earthen vessel we carry, that the glory of the Lord will be displayed, will be revealed from this. And in that very particular place, he was making us to understand that as much as the glory was being revealed, they are pressed on every side but not crushed. They are despair but not destroyed. They are abandoned but not struck down. Because why? He's making us to understand that tribulation come. But for those who are in Christ Jesus, victory is guaranteed. For those who are rested in Christ, understanding that my identity is not from the circumstances. My identity is not from the uncertainties. My believing in God is not based on the material stuff. My ability to walk in God consciousness it's not based on what is currently happening in my life. He says persecuted but not abandoned. Which means one of the things that I need you to understand tonight my beloved sisters and brothers is the fact that persecution will come. And this is one message we have not preached to the body of Christ. That is why most of the times when we go through this, it looks as if God is not with us anymore. He says persecuted but not abandoned. He says struck down but not destroyed. Yes, your car will be broke down. Your, 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 your car will break down but your life cannot be destroyed. Yet they will take your job off your hand but your life for you to create another new business it is still in view. Yes, your husband may decide to divorce you or to leave you in that relationship but the ability for God to become your husband or your wife to take you to the place of rest he has ordained for you it says persecuted but not abandoned persecuted but not abandoned I remember I preached a message about a few months ago if I can remember very well it's called looted but still rooted the enemy can come to loot stuff from our life and these are the uncertainties that we don't understand but it says that we are still rooted in Christ. As long as your root is still in the ground. My dear, I don't, comp I don't know the season in which you are currently. But as long as your root is still in the ground. I am here to say to you congratulations. Because why? Your leaf is about to be green again. Your business is about to blossom. Your career is about to go forward. Your marriage is about to blossom with bliss. In the name of Jesus. For as long as your root is in the ground. Watch God route possibilities with you. Watch God change the circumstances for you. No wonder we get to understand the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. I'm just giving the background before we begin to look at the rituals that we need to engage that guarantees victory regardless of the circumstances that it is now. But let's look at 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 7. It says here, it says, give all your worries and cares to God for he cares for you. 
Give all your worries. Now, when you look at the scripture, sometimes we are very fast to read the Bible and we don't take our time for us to be able to, for lack of a better word, to break it down for us to be able to comprehend. He said, give all your worries and cares to God. So, which means God, your father, understand that worry will come. God, your father, understand that you will need a Bugatti Veyron. He understand that you need a property. He understand that you need a job. He understand that you need a car. But it makes us to understand that in that very particular uncertainties that we are currently going, there was one of the statements he says there. He said, but give it to God. Give it to God. So which means this understanding will make us to understand that yes, worries and anxiety, the ability for us to be thinking of pain, thinking of fear, thinking of how life is going to look like, worrying about tomorrow, he knows about it. God knows about it. And this is the confidence that I have as a Christian or as a believer. It's because I know that my father knows about this thing. And so because of that, I am not too worried to death. I am not too worried in the spirit of fear. I am not too in the place of anxiety that will not begin to, to, to for lack of a better word, destroy my health. I am not. Because why? My father knows of this. My father understands that what's called uncertainty will present itself. And it says to me, he said, give me those cares. Give me those worries. He said, for I, God, I care for you. Philippians chapter 4, we know that very particular scripture from verse 6 to verse 8. It says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. But in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It says, make your request be made known unto God. Which means make your request. Which means no matter what happened, he knows that every and what you call uncertainty will be put on the table. He said, but don't be anxious. He said, don't be, don't, don't, don't let the spirit of fear to kill you down. But without being said tonight, now let's begin to look, because I have a bit of a drive-thru for me to do. Let's begin to look, what are the rituals that guarantees victory? What are the rituals that guarantees victory in uncertain times? And this is me tonight, I'm here to talk to two kinds of people. The ones who are still in God. But yet they are saying that, yes, I'm just doing God because it is my, for lack of a better word, my confident responsibility to do that. And also the ones who are saying that, um, I think I have to check it out. The ones who are still in God and the ones who are in the process of about to check out from God. I'm here to tell the both of you. And that also includes me on one of the sectors that God is still in the business of changing life. He's still in the business of giving rest to his people. One of the things he said to me a few years back before I came into ministry full-time, he said to me, my son, rest is guaranteed for the people. Teach my people the principle and the precept. And that is one of the things for us as Platform Church. We teach you practical steps to take that can guarantee rest. I was saying to somebody that I bumped into, I think about a few weeks ago, and I said to the lady, I said, see, if you can give God just six months of your life and do all that he has asked you to do without you questioning from your microchip in your mind called brain, I promise you six months too much, you will enter into rest. Six months too much. Because why? I understand the covenant that I carry and the covenant that sponsors this very particular commission. And so with that being said, what is our number one? Remember, these are not in a systematic order. These are rituals that you need to do. Either daily, either weekly, either monthly. 
dependent on your capacity and dependent on your grace <laughs> so i have to put that i have to put that as disclaimer depend on your capacity depend on your grace and depend on how soon you even want it <laughs> because remember the bible says now faith is a substance of things now which means whatever you are hoping for now is the time for it to manifest so you determine either the now is now or you determine if the now is going to be tomorrow for as far as god is concerned everything is yea and amen what is number one tonight? Let's look at it quickly. Number one, your trust and confidence in God. Your trust and confidence in God. You see, my dear sisters and brothers tonight, I want to possibly to just talk about trust and confidence. This is one of the things that I've seen in my two days of being in ministry. Every people will tell you that I believe in Jesus. I believe in God. I believe in the Trinity. But the question I then ask them that in your belief, can I see your trust in it? Because yes, you can believe in something that you don't trust. Obviously, you can believe in something that you don't trust. I believe in the insurance company, but I don't trust that they can be able to. <laughs> the reason why I'm laughing because my wife knows that as a certain insurance company that no, I believe you guys, I believe, but I don't trust you be able to pay me out the way I want it. And I've tested some of them. They will give you all the reason why you need to insure with them. Wait the day you want to collect a payout. You will now hear stories that touch the heart. Those kind of stories that start with, with it was when. Those kind of stories that all of a sudden they are bringing in the cloths and the stuff. Yes, I believe. I believe that doctors can be able to, what's it called, to give me medication. I can be, but I don't trust them. I don't. I don't. Because you never can tell which devil will be in one of their mind. Maybe their partner offend them at home and they come to the hospital and all of a sudden they now carry a scissors instead of carrying a spoon and begin to use my body as, nah, calm down. No, 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 no. I'm giving this very particular example because, yes, there's a difference between believing and there's a difference between trusting. Trust is a committer. Trust is a covenant to say, regardless of what is happening, I know my God will come true for me. Regardless of how darkness seems to be glooming on the face of the earth, I know without a doubt that my God will show up. Regardless of the fact that my children may be sleeping in the hospital bed, I know without a doubt that they cannot die. Now that is what we talk about, the trust and the confidence in God. We believe in God most times, but do we really trust that God can come true for you? Do you really trust? One of the things in which I put here as part of my note. I say your confidence in God will make you confide in him. Who do you confide to when uncertainty show up? Do you confide to your friend, to your chummy, to your boss, to, to, to your unfriendly friend that you don't even know? Or you confide to God? Your confidence in God will make you confide in him first. God, I don't know how this is going to be, but I trust you that you will come true for me. God, I may not figure out what is happening in my life. I'm sitting here now currently in my 30s, in my 40s, in my 50s, and I'm wondering, God, when will this over? But I trust that indeed you are going to show up for me. Because why? It is the end of the statement that determines the beginning of your faith. The end of your statement that determines. I know that the first statement looks as if there is a fear, but I know that it is written. But I know that I trust in God. I may not know how the things is going to pan out. But I know the God who is going to make it possible for me. I may not know how I'm going to get the next job. But I know that God is going to provide a job for me. And because of your confidence and your trust in God. Before you know what is going on. They fired you on Monday. You apply for another job on Tuesday. And watch God trust him because you trust him. Give you a job before Friday. Because why? Your trust and your confidence is in God. It is not based on your own understanding and your limits. I know nothing here I said. Your trust in God 
will make you trust, which is T-H-R-U-S-T, will make you trust and throw your all in his process and his system. Because you trust him, it will make you want to push for more. Because you trust him, it will make you want to go for more in him. No matter what is happening, God, there must be another level. There is a level of my faith that I need to get into regardless of what is happening here. Because why? Your trust in him will make you want to push in. Will make you want to go for more. It will make you want to say, Lord, I may not know what is happening, but I refuse to allow the devil to take me away from the things that you have actually showed me. Your trust in God. Many of us believe in Jesus, but yet, after service, we visit Sangoma. Then you don't believe, you don't trust in Jesus. Many of us, after Sunday service, in fact, some of us, after this service tonight, and I pray you're not one of them. Some of after this service, you know, there are some of you, because your trust is not in God, all of a sudden, you find yourself trying to slide in some certain things into your earthly blessers, hoping that they'll be able to respond to you. Because why? You have not fully got into the place of trust and commitment trust and confidence in god philippians chapter 1 verse 6 let's get a set of scripture this moment philippians chapter 1 verse 6 philippians chapter 1 verse 6 it says be confident of this katorata it says be confident now because Paul, the apostle, understand to the Philippian church. He was making them to know that, yes, I know that you believe, but be confident. He said, be confident of this, that he who had begun a good work will carry you on to completion until the days of Jesus Christ. Be confident of this. Which means you can believe in God and yet you are not confident of him. You are not confident of his capacity to come true for you. You are not confident of his system, his principle, his ideology of the church that it will be beneficiary for you. He says, be confident. Be confident of this. Be confident of this. Romans chapter 8 verse 28. Now that also talks about a place of confidence. Romans 8 28. He says here, he says, and we know Karoto, and we know. Do you know that regardless of the fact that the doctor would have said to you that you have blood cancer, do you know that the fact that the doctor has said to you that nothing good, your body is about to decay to come to the place of death, do you know that no matter what the earth is currently saying, that there is a cough, there is a trust you can put in God that will turn the situation around? He now says, and we know. That all things are working together. I like the scripture. It didn't say some things. It says all things. All things include uncertain times. It says all things are working together for good to those who love him. And to those who are being called according to his purpose. All things means all things. Not some things. He said all things. I know that yes you lost your loved one during COVID-19. All things. I know you lost your job. All things. I know that your business is not currently making profit. All things. I know that it looks as if you are targeting to make 1 million rand. But right now you are sitting about 255,000 rand. All things. He says all things work for good. Now this is the thing I like about it. He says and we know. Do you know tonight? It's your confidence and your trust in God so strong to the point that no matter what is happening, you know. I want somebody to declare this after me. I know that God is coming for me. Say it one more time with a confidence and with your voice like a, like, like a soldier. I know that God is coming for me because it is the confidence in God that guarantees him to be able to pull through for you. Find out what you call scripture on this very particular 
point before we get to our point number two proverbs chapter three from verse five to verse six proverbs three five and six it says trust in the lord with all your heart trust in the lord with all not some of your heart there are some of us we are very good with trusting god with some part of our life god i trust you when it comes to my marriage but you see my money calm down don't go there and yet all of a sudden you're wondering why before the end of the month in fact even between first and on the third you're already sitting with minus 355 rand because why god i trust you for my marriage but when it comes to my money ah guy calm down like leave that that part i can sort it out he said trust in the lord with all your heart he said lean not on your own understanding in all your ways he says submit it to him he says and he will make your path straight it takes a level of trust and confidence for you to look at a man and tell the man that anything this man will say, I'm going to take it. The same thing also applies to God. It takes a level of trust and confidence for you to look at God and say, God, regardless of it all, anything and everything you say, I am committed for me to go through it. I pray for somebody tonight um, that where your trust level and your confidence is shaken in Christ, um, I decree tonight um, that voices that is fighting your trust, fighting your confidence, um, it is hereby terminated in the name of Jesus. Um, point number two, quickly. What is the ritual we need to engage? Remember number one, your ability for you to trust and have a confidence. Not trusting God on Monday and on Tuesday you don't trust. Not trusting, not believing in God on Wednesday and on Thursday there's nothing to be found. Every, it's a ritual that you have to stay put. Ritual that you are constantly, as you wake up in the morning, God, no food in my fridge, but I know that I'm going to eat before this end, before this day come to close. No, no money in my bank account, but I know that my bills will be paid. It comes with a certain level of trust and confidence in God. For you to be able to pull that part. Number two, quickly. What is number two? Remember, we're talking about rituals. Your daily reading and studying the Bible. Your daily reading and studying the Bible. The ability for you daily. A day must not pass without you flipping the scripture. You must open. And this is me I want to say because remember, we are talking from the place of uncertain times. Because on certain times, it is even much more difficult in uncertain times for you to, because now you notice that the bills need to be paid before the end of the month. And all of a sudden, you're looking at the date. It's 19th of August. You're thinking, you, I, and Pastor Dalit is a read Bible. Which Bible are you talking about? I need my bills paid. But remember, we're talking about daily ritual that guarantees your rest in the place of uncertainty. So in the daily ritual, your ability for you to open your Bible daily if the last time you open your Bible was the last time you were in church, my dear, you are not a believer. You are not. You are not. I don't know what you are. I will look for a class later, but you are not. If you are a believer of this Christ, if you are a believer of the dear son, Jesus, trust me, your ability for you to constantly open yourself into the word of God daily will be your daily ritual that you'll be doing. Your daily ritual of opening, reading and studying. Reading and studying. Lord, what do you have for me this morning? You open your Bible. The ability for you to even have a devotional, what do you call A devotional system. Whereby you know, okay, fine, I'm going to be reading the book of Matthew. I want to finish Matthew. I want to finish Mark. I want to finish Luke. You, you, you don't need to be a pastor for you to say, I want to read your Bible. It is a manual that was given to God. I mean, that was given to us from God. For us to be able to understand his commandment, his precept, his principle, and his promise. The ability for us to understand his commandment, his principle, his precept, and his promises. Now, this is what has been routed called the Bible for you. Every product that must, man, that must be able to perform on planet Earth always comes with a manual. 
every product every manufacturer no matter how insane that manufacturer is they always have a manual that backs the product that they have created you and i as a believer our manual that god has given us is called the bible when last have you gone to check the manual to see what your what the possibility of your life can pull off that there is possibility you are the one thinking that you are a failure you are the one thinking that you are not going to make anything happen in your life. You are the one thinking that nothing good will ever materialize simply because one idiot talk to you and tell you that you are finished or you are totally condemned and you take their word. Have you gone to the manual that God has given you to ask, what is this manual saying concerning me? The Bible makes us to understand. Psalm 119 from verse 130. Psalm 119 verse 130. The Bible here says, it said the entrance of the word gives light. And it gives understanding to the simple. The entrance of the word. If you wake up every day without your daily ritual, what entrance of God's word that will give light to your path? If you wake up every morning, you just wake up like accident. Bosa. Woo. In fact, you behave like Eskom. You just come in low shedding. Bosa. You're like, whoa. Okay, Eskom in South Africa, for those of you outside, our electricity company in this country is called Eskom. Last time I checked with Nigeria, they call it Nepa. Let's not go to Nepa. We call Nepa, yo. For my Nigerian family, it's okay. I love you all. <laughs> but Eskom, funny enough, I think I remember when I was coming on, my wife was making me to understand. Eskom <laughs> just decided to tell us that they would take light if they want to take light. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? We have our plan. They are threatening us with light. The same thing also applies. There are enemies that are coming with different threatenings every day. Your ability for you to open the Bible, to read, to be able to build up yourself in the most holy faith. The ability to, see, the only way your tongue, your prayer of tongues can be effective, can be backed by the word that you've been able to encounter. The only way your prayers of tongue can be effective is only backed up by the word of God that you've been able to encounter in the Bible. Many of us are speaking in tongues. Our speaking in tongues has no, that's all I can say. Naps. Even the, as we are speaking in tongues, the devil is even eating fried rice. The devil is eating, what's the name of this food? I am what you called, you know, I'm married to a Kosa woman, and so because of that, there's a food, there's a South African food that she did of recent. Can you imagine? I just forgot the name. Um, yo, in the name of Jesus, I'll remember. You won't blame me. You won't blame me. <laughs> but what am I trying to say? It is a word that by the time you are able to expose yourself to that very particular word, now when you begin to speak in tongues, it then begins to make sense. When you speak to tongue, you speak in heavenly mystery language, but you can only speak to a language that you understand from the scripture. Your daily reading and your studying. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 19 verse 7, Psalm 19 verse 7, it says here, it said the law of the Lord is perfect. The law of the Lord is perfect. It says also, reviving the soul, the testimony of the Lord is trustworthy, making wise the simple. When he talks about the law of the Lord, he's talking about your Bible. The law of the Lord. Every law, if you want to understand God, see, this is me now saying this one now, understanding that I'm sitting in a global platform, which is okay. There is a way you will study your Bible and read your Bible. If a prophet never prophesied to you, you will still make it in life. The problem with an average believer is the fact that you're looking for a prophet. Pastor Darlington, go deeper. The Bible has already gone deeper for your life. He has gone deeper. The Bible, it is even more deeper than what the prophet is going to say. Because sometimes the prophet knows in faces and knows in times and knows in season. There is a particular season of your life that the prophet may not know, but the Bible knows all season concerning you. He knows too well that when there is a darkness, there is a light that is about to come. He knows too well that when the enemy is about to attack you, there is God that is going to raise a standard against that. The Bible knows it. 
But we are very slow to go to the Bible, but quick to go and meet and Ufundis. Ufundis, please go deeper, concerning my case. When last have you opened your Bible? Daily reading of the Word of God. No wonder, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. He says here, he says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needed not to be ashamed, but rightly dividing the word of truth. So which means you can wrongly divide. As long as the scripture says there is a rightly dividing, there is a chance that you can wrongly divide. There is a chance that you will carry secularism conversation and bring it in God and try to incorporate it inside the scripture. It is still wrong. It is still wrong. But this is something he says. He says study to show thyself approved. Your ability for you to study the Bible, it is to show yourself approved that God you can use me. God, you can use me. Do you know that how far God can use you is totally dependent on how far you go in the things of him? And that's the truth. How far God can use you is totally dependent on how far you can go with the things of him. You want God to be able to use you to become a global product? How globally have you studied his word? You want God to be able to use you to be able to solve situations and to become a kingdom influencer in all the mountains of influence. How far you've been able to bomb the reality in the studying of God's word? He says, study to show thyself approved. Now he now tells you approved to who? He said to God, not to man. Study to show thyself approved that God, in my study, I am approved that you can use me. Can God look at you now and say to you, because of your study and your time in the things of the Bible, I can then trust you to go to Afghanistan right now and go and route the possibility for me. Can God? Whereby when the Afghanistans and the Taliban are coming with their AK-47, you don't get afraid. Because you understand, you've paid the price of study. Like the Bible says, it says, buy the truth and sell it down. That is the place you have to buy it. You buy it by paying the times. You buy it by waking up very early in the morning and telling yourself, before I stepped out of this house, I must, at least by default, read one chapter per day. Let's even leave, read the, I mean, um, the whole um, called text, but one chapter, one, one, one. Or probably pick one chapter, one verse per day before you rock out. Your ability for you to study. When, 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 when Moses died, when God decided to appear in the life of Joshua, he didn't pray for Joshua. If you notice the Bible, he did not pray. God did not give him and say, your mouth, your power, the power of God. No, he didn't say that. He says, my son, he said, this book of the Lord shall not depart out of the mouth. He said, but thou shalt meditate during day and night. He says, after you meditate and you observe to do, the problem is the fact that we meditate, but we don't observe to do. We can think about it, but the doing part is where the problem is. He says, after you observe to do according to as it is written therein, he said, for then you, not God, you will make your way prosperous and then you shall have good success. I pray for somebody today that is struggling with studying God's word, reading and studying. I pray that that forces that is, con that is contending with you, spending time in God, that forces is yet by terminated in the name of Jesus. Point number three, quickly because of my time. What else again do we need to do as a ritual? Remember we're talking about rituals? Like I said to some of you, this will be a reminder. And for some of you, this will be like, aha! Point number three, the ability for you to listen and meditate on the word of God. It's different from studying and reading. It's different. Now this one, you are listening. As I'm talking now, you are listening. 
as you are listening you are meditating listening to the word of god now the place of reading and studying is your private time the point it's your own time where no pastor is preaching no man of god is preaching no bishop td jakes no bishop or no apostle Selman, no but those ones are the part of the list what you call the listening the place of your study is your own private time but your ability for you to listen and meditate on the word of god listen and meditate the bible says in deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 9 Deuteronomy chapter 29 verse 9. It says here. It says so keep and follow the word of his, com of his covenant. That ye may prosper in all. He says keep and follow. Keep and follow. There is no way. For example your church carries a mandate of rest. Have you taken out the time for you to keep the thought. That rest is my ability coming from the servant of God. And following the principle that your pastor or your prophet or one of the fivefold ministry is saying to you. He says, so keep and follow the word of his covenant. Keep and follow. Keep and follow. Keep and follow the word of his covenant. That ye may prosper in all you do. So your ability to not keep and not follow cannot guarantee prosperity. One minute you want to do it, the next minute you don't want to do it. And you wonder why your life is like a wave. One minute it's in is high, the next minute it's in is calm. It's because why? You are also operating in a wave when it comes with the system of God. It says keep and follow. Which means it's talking about a place of consistency. A daily ritual that you must be able to engage. A day must not pass without you listening to one message from... Currently now, if I'm not mistaken, if you go to Spotify, in fact, whatever platform you are using currently, whether you are using Android or iOS, you can go there, search for Rested Life by Platform Church. All the message that we preach is there, but how many times have you taken out the time for you to go and listen? And yet you are wondering why the enemy is attacking? He will attack. He will attack you. He says, keep and follow. No wonder the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 10 verse 17. Romans 10 verse 17. It says, so then faith cometh by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. Faith cometh by hearing. Which means the only hear you can hear is the word of God. The only thing that can sponsor and guarantee faith is the word of God. The only thing that can sponsor and can cultivate the faith of God on your inside is by listening to the word of God. That's what the scripture they say. Faith comes by hearing. Which means you must hear. And the only thing that guarantees the faith is the word of God that you hear. I pray for somebody tonight. That that thing which is, which is contending with you from listening. Where all of a sudden you're only listening to the word of God on Sunday or today, Thursday. That enemy is hereby destroyed in the name of Jesus. No wonder we hear the Bible says in the book of Job chapter 42. One of the man who was even older than Abraham. Job 42 verse 5. He said, my ears have heard of you. My ears have heard of you. Which means somebody was speaking and he was hearing. He said, but now my eyes have seen. It is what you have constantly heard that your eyes begin to behold. When you keep hearing that the rested life is a reality. When you keep hearing that your uncertainties will come to end. When you keep hearing that weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning. When you keep hearing that the pastor is telling you, you are the best in after sliced bread. No matter what is happening on planet Earth, God still has a portion for you. Your life will not end on waste. When you keep hearing those very particular things, the hearing them begin to produce a scene. And it is when you hear and you begin to see, that is when your hand is ready to capture. I'll repeat it again. When you begin, when you continue to hear and your eyes begin to pop open, that is when your hand is prepared to begin to capture. 
I pray for you tonight that that enemy that is lying to you on these uncertain times, uh, telling you that there is no way out, uh, as you begin to listen to the word of God, uh, your mind will begin to open to the reality of Christ uh, and you will take hold of everything in the name of Jesus. The ability for you to listen and meditate. The ability for you to listen and meditate. We also hear the Bible says in the book of Psalm 1. From verse 1 to verse 3. It's a popular scripture that we all know too well. But I'm going to read from verse 2. Psalm 1 verse 2. He said, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. He said, in the Lord does he do what? Meditate day and night. It's a daily ritual. Meditate day and night. If the last thing you meditate on, for lack of better word, is Uzalo. Or in Nigeria is super story. If the last thing you meditate on is the queen or is he buyer or is he dingo or is he whatever. If that is what you use as a last, no wonder you are having nightmare. And you come back and you are, <laughs> I think I remember a particular pastor once said something that made me laugh. He said the reason why people come back and say they were eating meat in the dream is because they, they, the food they eat before they sleep, there was no meat. So there's no way after you eat rice and there's no meat, you will dream of meat in the night and you will eat the, so calm down. <laughs> when he said so, I laugh. But what am I trying to say? Your meditations on God, day and night as a ritual, is what gives you the strength and the power in uncertain times for you to be able to push. And I pray that as you do so, God will begin to bless you beyond measure in the name of Jesus. Quickly, my point number four. What else again do we need to do as a ritual in the place of uncertainty? Remember, we're talking about rituals in times of uncertainty. What else again is our daily ritual? Remember, it's a daily thing that you must do. It's number four. The place of singing, worship, and praise to God. Singing, worship, and praise to God. Many of us are very good with praise and worship in church. But my dear church, after two hours or three hours, depending if at, even though if your church do eight hours, there is still seven, what's called six days, 16 hours that you are not in church. It will take a place of singing, worship, and praise to God for you to constantly have his presence dwell with you. Is a daily. The Bible says um, God inhabit the praises of his people. Now the question there is on Monday you did not praise him. On Tuesday you did not worship him. On Wednesday you did not say Father I thank you. On Thursday now that I'm talking that's when you say Jesus thank you for all you who you are. And you wonder why Monday to Thursday before 6 o'clock was hell. The Bible says, and God inhabit. So imagine you wake up every morning, Father, I thank you. As you are going to the office in the morning, remember we're talking about daily ritual. Before you tune into 702 Power FM, SAFM, or whatever radio station for your favorite program, as you are driving to office, play beautiful song from Sinatra. If you are like me, whether you can't sing, your voice is like the voice of the frog. It's okay. As long as you can do, it's okay. Just sing something. Your voice is powerful with the angels. They hear you. Leave the fact that you are singing out of tune or in tune or not in tune. But as long as you are singing to God, the Bible says in his habit and the praises of his people. The moment you wake up and you say, Father, I worship you for who you are. He looks and says, okay, who is this one? Who is this, my daughter, can you say, that is busy worshipping me and adoring me, regardless of what she is going through? And watch God when he comes down. I think I was even preaching about this very particular place of praise and thanksgiving on Sunday. For those of you who missed church, all I can say is South African statement, Dululu. that's all I can say. But nonetheless, I gave an explanation using what he called Elisha and Gehazi with that woman, that, that widow of Zarephath. I gave an example of that very particular thing and have no time for me to, to, to say it again. That's what happened when you miss church. But what am I trying to make you understand? The moment God is, you use praise and worship 
with thanksgiving to him. Lord, I thank you because I know that my future is bright. I bless your holy name because I know that with you on my side, I'm majority with the world. I'm a majority in the world. Lord, I know too well that because you are standing on my side, I give you all the glory. My boss may be planning to fire me this morning, but I thank you because you have not fired me out of life. You know, when you begin to mesmerize God with all those things, and he's wondering, and there's COVID-19. And yet, you are still thanking me like this. Watch God begin to put a fortification around your life. And he begins to build an edge whereby no matter if the COVID is using fiber, it cannot come near your dwelling. Because why? God is now inhabiting in your life. The place of singing, worship, and thanksgiving to God. Colossians chapter 3, from verse 15 to 17. Colossians 3, 15 to 17. I'm going to quickly read from verse 16. It says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in what? In psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual song, singing with grace in your heart to the Lord. The ability for you to sing. If you know you can't sing, like I say, like me, look for people's music. See, these are things I'm doing. My wife can tell you point blank. That got to a point in my there is no day I will not play music that will make me almost want to lose my break dance. Even when it looks as if things are hard for me. Oh, you think that because I'm your pastor, I don't go through my challenges? I go. But there is one thing I know too well. That when I begin to praise the Lord, I begin to adore him in the place of the challenge. For lack of better words, strength begins to come from inside out. I pray for somebody tonight. That enemy that is lying to you to say that it is only Sunday you can praise God. I hereby destroy that enemies in the name of Jesus. I pray for you tonight that as you take this point number four in sing and thanksgiving, every thank you give to God, your tank will become full in the name of Jesus. Whatever is lacking in your life, as you begin to appreciate God for what is available, God will make what is not available to become available in the name of Jesus. Ah, Karota, the place of worship and thanksgiving. We also see in that very particular place in the book of Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3. Isaiah 12 verse 3. He said, therefore with joy shall you draw water out of the wells of salvation. The salvation you have received. But it is going to take joy of worship and thanksgiving to draw the benefit of salvation. It's going to, see, let me even say this. For lack of a better word, eh, that's how I want to say it. Your giving to God and your prayer to God, if it's not coming from the place of joy and thanksgiving, your ability to expect anything, forget it. It's not going to happen. Because why? God is a God that is joyful. Regardless of the circumstances, imagine when you've lost your loved one and you say, Father, thank you. The host of angels stand and wonder. Because you are speaking mysteries that only Christ and God understand. Because why? In the realm of the spirit, where God dwells, there's nothing like sorrow. So when you now come in that dimension with praise, worship, and thanksgiving, and no matter how God begins to dwell, he sees the sorrow and remove it. Because why? His nature cannot see sorrow and let the sorrow stay. The ability for you to route possibilities with praise, worship, and thanksgiving. We also see in the book of Psalm 100 from verse 1 to verse 5. Uh, it's a very short scripture. Psalm 100 verse 1 to verse 5. He says, make a joyful noise. Psalm 100, yeah. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. All ye land, serve the Lord with gladness. He said, come before his presence with singing. The ability for you to come with singing. With that being said, let's look at my point number five quickly. Time is running out when you're having good time. I'm really enjoying this very part because as I'm preaching this message, I'm also preaching to myself. 
And I want you to understand, I'm preaching to myself. Oh, I'm preaching to myself. You have no clue. After I finish this message, I'll go back and listen to it again. Because Pastor Darlington has said something that God has compelled for him to say. But Darlington must go and listen to what Pastor Darlington says so that you also can be blessed. But let's look at point number five. Let's see what number five is saying here. The ability for you, daily ritual, to enter into the sacred place. When we talk about a sacred place, talking about the place of your prayers. Talking about, remember we've talked about the word, talk about singing and stuff. We talk about the place of meditation, listening to God's word. We, there's no way we would want to end this very particular ritual without talking about the place of prayer. There are some of you, the last time you pray was the last time that you know that you pray. You know when the last time you pray. You wake up in the morning, you are in a hurry for you to get out of the house. But you forget to understand that there is a God who gave you life. The Bible says in the book of Psalm 16 verse 11, it says, Thou will show me the path of life. He said, in thy presence, there is fullness of joy. And at the right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In thy presence, the ability for you to enter his presence, his secret place, there is fullness of joy. You want to enjoy, you want to enjoy joy every day? Have you engaged in a prayer lifestyle every day? The ability for, see, you don't need to wait for your pastor to pray for you. Do you know that you are a prophet of your own destiny? That no matter how, no matter what, who fundi says something that is contrary to the will of God concerning your life, you can pray away that very particular nonsense because why? You understand what the Bible says concerning you in the place of prayer. There's a particular scripture that we like, we like, we like, we like quoting all the time. Psalm 91. It's a very scripture we like using to pray. But there was a condition that was put in there. Because when you see the condition to make you understand that this very particular prayer is a prayer of responsibility and promise for those who engage in the responsibility. It's a prayer of responsibility. Let's look at it quickly on this very particular place. Point number five, entering the sacred place. Psalm 91, let's look at it quickly. Because there are about the five, ten words that were said there will make you understand that it's a responsibility. He now says in Psalm 91, verse 1, let's look at it. He says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the most high God. From there now begin to give us the promises of what will happen. He that dwelleth, not he that does a drive-thru. He that dwelleth, not he that comes in in the morning and in the, in the following day we can't find him again until when there's a problem. He that dwelleth, that was a... Con so before you begin to say, thousands shall fall by my right hand and ten thousand shall not... Before you begin to quote all the other ones, are you dwelling in the secret place of the Most High God? He says, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, because why? He is abiding. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver. So all the snares of the fowler, all the uncertainties, all the difficulties, it's only a responsibility, response call to he that dwelleth. My question for you tonight, as we are bound to bring this very particular thought to a close, if you give me 15 minutes, we'll be done now. Are you going to be do are you going to dwell in the secret place of the most high God? He said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. That very particular shadow we're talking about now is now called Christ in the New Testament. He that dwells. We can also see with the lifestyle of Christ. Thank God for Christ. You see, explaining the life of Jesus is so simple and so sweet. Because why? The Bible says it's the express image of the Father. If you see Christ, you don't need to look for God. The same thing that Christ is, that's who God is. And so because of that, we saw Jesus when he came on earth. The Bible says that in the book of Matthew, what's it called? Mark chapter 1 verse 35. The Bible says in the morning, rising up a great while before the day, 
he, Jesus, went out and departed into a solitary place and prayed. In the morning, in the morning, every day, as his custom is, Jesus does not bump. In, can you imagine? This is the son of the Most High God, though. Let me say like Nigeria. He's the son of the Most High God, though. In fact, as a matter of fact, he is God who came out of God to become Christ that decided to become a man to come on earth. So he understands what was happening, but yet he understands the place of secret prayer. He knows that as far as this realm is concerned, that is a portal that has been put called prayer. That if you engage the place of prayer, time will not permit me for me to tell you what prayer can do. Four things that prayer can route in your life. One of it is the fact that it begins to change your countenance. It begins to change to change your countenance and begin to reveal the Christ that is on the inside of you. So the moment Jesus was appearing before the Father in the secret place of prayer, he was being unveiled to the possibility that he can route on planet Earth. The same thing also applies to you. The secret place. If I ask you, how strong is your secret place? That's a question that is directly to you and also to me. How strong is our secret place? When you go to the sacred place, do you go to the sacred place uh, as just a religious activity or you are going with an understanding that this is a portal that has been put as my daily ritual that enforce my stability and guarantee my rested life reality. That enforce that the enemy will not come near my dwelling. Neither shall play be able to rise and to come to subdue me because why? You have spent your time in the sacred place. Your own. See, there is a place of corporate prayer. There is also a place of personal prayer. Corporate prayer is good when you know that the devil you are fighting, oh boy, I need two or three that gathers. But as a place of your daily consistency, we can see that with the life of Jesus. He was a man of prayer. As a matter of fact, there's one porter, no matter how you want to talk about prayer on planet Earth, his name is called Elijah. Elijah prayed to the point that he held rain from falling for three and a half years. He prayed back again and rain come back. There is a force you can control. That enemy that is telling you in this uncertainty, that nothing good can come out of your life. Have you taken it to the secret place of your prayer altar? How does your prayer altar look like? It's a question that you and I, we need to answer after this very particular service is over. We also see in the place of Matthew chapter 6 verse 6, where Jesus was telling the fat to cease and the sad to cease. It's a fat to see. They are very fat to see them and they are very sad when you now finally see them. That's how I call them. They are fat to see and sad people to see. Bible was, the Bible was telling us in the book of Matthew 6, Jesus was telling them, he said, when thou prayest, he said, enter into thy closet. And when thou hast shut thy door, he said, pray unto thy father, which is in secret. He said, and thy father which seeth thee in secret, he will reward thee openly. God is a God where you meet him in the place of secret place, in your secret prayer. When he is done with you, the world will open their mouth and they will wonder what manner of God that is operating in the life of this very particular small boy. And I pray for somebody tonight as you begin to engage this mystery of going deep down into the sacred place as your daily ritual. You will begin to benefit of the portal of prayers in the name of Jesus. I don't know. I just hear God said to me, you are thinking, okay, what kind of prayer can I pray? My dear, can I give you an answer? Pray according to the scripture. If you can find it from the scripture, pray from that very particular place. And that leads me to my point number six. My point number six, what is the daily ritual for you to do? engaging God from what it is written. Engaging God, which means for ability for you to pray a prayer. That, see, you don't need to come in and you are trying to think, how many tongues can I speak and stuff? How many? As long as you have located what is written, engage what is written, use that word and echo it back to the Father. That's what the heaven understands. Engage God 
from it is written and it will be done for you. Engaging God, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by the word that proceeds. Jesus engaged the enemies and every uncertainty around his place from the context of it is written. When you go to your office and your boss tell you you shall be fired, what did you say? Oh, I'm finished. Or oh, it is written. What did you say when the doctor gave you the report that, oh, my time on earth is over? Or oh, it is written. Because it is only what is written that can be written in your life. What you locate from the place of it is written, that is only what will be written that men can see in your life. No wonder the Bible says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, it is written, eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of men, the things which the Lord has prepared for them that loved him. But there is a condition, it is written. Only what you locate that is written. Yes, your doctor tells you that you are about to die. Have you gone to the scripture to locate what it is written says concerning long life? Yeah, they say that you are going to die poor when nothing good can ever come out of your life. Your life will be reading 0000.00. Have you gone to check to see it is written that the Lord wants me to prosper even as my soul prospered? It is written. The ability for you to engage God from the place of it is written. When you wake up in the morning, you speak the word of it is written. It is written. The thousand shall fall by my side because you've prayed that prayer. Ten thousand may perish, but it will not come near my dwelling. It is written that as I go out, blessed I am. As I'm coming in, blessed I am. It is written that my blood, blessed is my body, blessed is my fruit of my basket. It is written. Ability for you to be bombarding your word, which it is written. It is written. And like I said, as long as you locate what it is written, that written, what's called that written context becomes a reality for you. As long as you can locate what it is written, the promises of what it is written is available. Your Jesus, the only way he can silence the devil, if you notice, was not even by prayer and fasting because he finished that. The only way, and guess what? <laughs> it's even very interesting. When Jesus was praying for 40 days and 40 nights, the enemy was watching him finish. The guy was not moved. The guy was sitting, he was, he was relaxing. He was not, he was... Funny enough, I wanted to call it tribe, but thank God my mouth did not say before somebody will now come and say, Pastor hates speech. Yeah. He was like a particular tribe that he was in my mind, very stubborn, sitting watching Jesus. Finish pray. Finish. I'm, I'm waiting for you. After Jesus finished pray, he came. And you're wondering, you're thinking, after my, after my tongue lashing prayer, why would this enemy stick up? God, are you sure you are there? And the Bible says, and Jesus, after he was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, all that Jesus used to dislodge all the antics of the devil was it is written. He said it is written. When Jesus, when the enemy tempted it, it is written. Man shall not live by bread alone. It is written. Thou shall not bow down before another God. It is, he was just giving him it is written. And the truth of it is this. It was because he exposed himself to the word of God. To know what is written when that very particular uncertainty comes. The same question I'm going to ask you tonight. Part of your daily ritual that you need to do is to locate what is written concerning your life what is written concerning that challenges what is written concerning that circumstances what is written concerning that health challenges what is written no matter what you are going through on planet earth there is always an answer from the bible that says it is written i pray for somebody tonight as you begin to locate the word it is written Solutions will begin to manifest in your hand in the name of Jesus. Solutions begin to manifest in your hand in the name of Jesus. A point that we're going to consider now, point number seven. Remember, we are looking at daily rituals, weekly rituals, 
or even monthly ritual. Remember I said at the beginning, it's according to your belief, according to your capacity. And this is the thing I like about God. Every, I mean, Jesus, every miracle he did in the Bible, check it. He asked them, do you believe that I can do it? When the blind Bartimaeus shout, thou son of David, have mercy upon me, ask him, do you believe? And he says, yes, I believe. And that is the thing about us as the new believers right now. We operate with Christ from the context of our believing, trusting, and confidence in God. Now let's look at our point number seven. What is our point number seven? Daily ritual, giving. <laughs> I know somebody will be like, okay, how come giving is in this scripture? There is no way I will not be able to put the context of giving. Because why? It is a daily practice that guarantees our all-round rest when it comes to our financial life. As a porter, I've seen a lot of people argue about giving. If you want to argue with me, my dear, you're currently watching me either on my Facebook page, which is Darlington Steve. You can go back and find me on that page. We can talk and I can show you scriptural, back, scriptural backing that talks about giving. But here, yeah, let's just look at a few scriptures that guarantees our context of rituals we do to our God when it comes to the things of uncertainties. Giving, let's look. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. There are different kinds of giving that I wouldn't want to go into tonight because it's not a service of financial breakthrough. No, it's not. It's just a service that talks about rituals in uncertain times. But let's get a see. Luke chapter 6 verse 38. Luke 6 38. The Bible says here, it's a give. You now put a comma. <laughs> Your scripture is like my own. You will see it there. It's a give. It shall be given unto you. Good measure pressed down, shaking together and running over will be put into your bosom. He said, for with the same measure that you use, it shall be measured back to you. For the same measure that you use, it shall be measured. If you notice, he said give. He did not tell us how to give, how often to give. Just give. Your problem is the fact that you're the one calculating when to give. No, I want to give only month end. I want to give per week. I want to give. He said, give, it shall be given unto you. Good measure. And I like the part. He said, for the same measure that you give. Now, when we talk about giving, number one, giving to your church. Number two, giving to the poor. Giving to God's system. In fact, when we look at it, we even see it. When Jesus was even saying it, when the, what you call it, when the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the tax collector came to meet Jesus, in the book of Matthew, Mark chapter 12, verse 17. Mark 12, verse 17. The Bible says, when they were asking him questions concerning giving, he now said to them, in that very particular Mark chapter 12, verse 17, he says, And Jesus answered them and said to them, Render to Caesar things that belongs to Caesar, and also to God things that belongs to God. All of us like talking about the things that belong to Caesar. But when it comes to God, we are very quiet to go back. But do you understand that that's your, that's your financial ritual that you can do that will sustain an all-round rest in your finances, all-round provision in your finances, all around open doors in your finances. It says, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down and shaking together and running over. Shall men give unto your bosom. Which means God will begin to compel men to respond to you. Based on how open. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. It says here. It says, be not deceived. And be not mocked. God. It says, for whatsoever a man soweth, that will he reap. Your Bible said so, not me. Your ability for you to engage in the ritual of giving to God. It says, be not deceived. It says, uh, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that will he reap. Whatsoever. If you sow to the poor, all that you are doing to the poor, you are borrowing to God. And in times of trouble, God will redeem you. You give to his church, it comes with his blessing. 
You give to his prophet, it comes with a blessing. You give every financial giving you do to God, that is a responsive, what's called, that is a corresponding answer that is attached to it. He said, he that gives to a righteous man receives a righteous man reward, and he that gives to a prophet receives a prophet's reward. It is according to your understanding. And I don't want to go into too much about this very particular giving, but the anchor scripture, Luke chapter 6, verse 38. He said, give, shall be given unto you good measure, pressed down, shaken together, shall men give unto your bosom. For it is most blessed to give than to receive. My final point I'm going to look for tonight, I still have a few points. I may finish this very particular one. No, I think two points, because this point number nine is very important. But let me do point number eight, so you please, you'll bear with me. You bear with me. Let me do point number eight quickly and point number nine. Then after then, we'll finish the main one this Sunday. We'll finish the main one this Sunday. But let's look at point number eight. What is point number eight? Point number eight. But before then, I just feel like, let me just pray for somebody tonight. You are currently struggling with your finance. You are currently struggling and you're saying, God... I know that I am not committed. I am not strong when it comes to my finance. I, my, my, my ability for me to give from the position of how much I am blessed in you. I pray for who this person is tonight. That the grace for you to give, to give to the things of God like Jesus says. Uh, and also to give to the poor, to give to your parents, to give to your community, to give to people. The ability for you to give. Lord, I release that grace upon this person in the name of Jesus. Lord, as they begin to give, Lord, let the blessings of givers rest upon their life in the name of Jesus. Point number eight quickly. What do you do as a ritual in uncertain times? Point number eight. Study wisdom materials for your personal development in any area of interest. Study wisdom material. Now, this is one of the things for me that is my secret that I do daily. If as a matter of fact, if it can, if it can be a privilege for you to be in my house, you can't can say problem. By my left hand side, where I see there are books that I study, there are books that I read. See, the world is ever developing and ever increasing in knowledge. Your ability for you to pick your own portion of the knowledge that the world is currently loading, it's your responsibility to do that. One of the things that I've seen with us as a body of Christ, our daily ritual of prayer does not devoid us of our daily ritual of studying in the area of interest that you are currently working in. For instance, you are a banker. When last have you gone to study how to, for example, a banking system? You are a doctor. When last have you gone to update your ability for you to give people injection? You are a mechanic. When last have you gone to check what are the instruments that is available to make my mechanical career easy? Or probably like me, you're a pastor. When last have you taken out the time to study in the area of the interest? For instance, my kind, I'm a pastor of the rested life. My ability for me to constantly study, to make sure that by the time you come to me, there is no way you will live without you experiencing rest in your mind, without you experiencing rest in your soul, or without you experiencing rest in your spirit. Because why? There must be a personal responsibility of studying in the area of the interest of me. One of the things in which I put I said, we are living in an ever-increasing information age and developing are in a fast pace. You have to do yourself a favor and catch up with as much as you can. Developing is, development is going fast. You have to do yourself a favor. Sometimes in the area of where you are currently lacking, it may be the fact that you've not been able to download some certain information concerning that very particular area of your life. Sometimes we think that it is prayer that, yes, prayer answers all things. There is a place of your wisdom to find a solution in that area of your life. 
the place to locate the wisdom of God in that area. And that wisdom can only come by the place of studying to show thyself approved. As you show yourself approved unto God, show yourself approved in the area of your interest that God has called you into. You are a mechanic. Have you read anything that has to do with auto mechanic? You are a fashion designer. Have you? So there are some of you who are fashion designer. You are still using those very particular chukukeke, chukukeke machine that they were using in 1422. When now they are using those ones by George Because why? Development is going every day. There are payment gateways that are currently being developed. And yet you are still trying to use cash system. And you wonder why people are not coming to your shop. Because why? You refuse. You are like, no, I'm a cash-oriented person. No, I like cash. Yeah, you like cash. You say, yes, no wonder we'll see. Until poverty begins to catch you, you will go and collect POS machine. Because why? Development is currently going on. Now, people are now giving. In fact, even your church system, sometimes you give with your card. At the door, you see whatever. If you want to give via POS and stuff, the, the ushers are having it, or you want to transfer and stuff, development. The church now, as a matter of fact, now majority of the church, they're not even doing church, what you call cash system anymore. Because why? The technology has come into place to erode some certain things in the area of the business you are currently doing. Have you taken out the time to study? No wonder the Bible made me to understand. When Paul the Apostle was speaking to Timothy, he was making him to understand. He says there in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 13. 2 Timothy 4, verse 13. Tim Paul was telling them, he says here, he said, bring the cloth that I left with, with Caiaphas. He said, at Torah, he said, when you come. And the books, especially the parchment, he was a, that no wonder the guy could write to third of the New Testament. He was a Bukuru guy. He was studying. No wonder God can use him the way he did. You think that the same way God used Paul, he can't use Peter? The difference between Paul and Peter was Paul, Paul was experiencing himself, stretching himself in the new dimensions of God by studying to understand things. That's why you will see Paul. One minute he's hanging with the carpenters. The next minute he's hanging with the Jews. The next minute he's hanging with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He was flexible enough because why? He has studied Religion was not in his head. He understand the place of his personal study. We also see that when Paul appeared to one guy called Festus, what's it called, King Festus? Festus screamed. Festus even testified. He said, come, the book in which you are reading, it has made you run mad. Festus, this guy is a reader. It is in English. He's a readerholic. I don't know if there's an English that, but if it's not there, you can add it and put, what's it called? Put, is it IP, IP, whatever, intellectual property. Put my name there. Readerholic. He was a readerholic. Acts 26, verse 24. He says, Now, he told him, he said, Now, as he tossed, made his defense, which is Paul was making his defense. He said, First of all, with the last word, he said, Come, Paul, you are, be he said, you are beside yourself. He said, Much learning has driven you mad. Ah! If the guy could not know how to counteract with this weapon. See, there are some certain intellectual capacity you can carry. Even your enemy will not be able to say anything. Luke chapter 2 make me to understand. He said, God will give you a mouth and a wisdom. That mouth can come from the place of your study and the wisdom on how to use your study to answer the problems of life, including, including the, the uncertain things that you are currently going through. The place of study. The place of study. The place of study. The place of personal development. I said to one of my friends, I said, the only three things that is very important for you to read. Number one, read leadership. Number two, read management people. And number three, read books on emotional intelligence. If you can get that very particular three, it's a bedrock of every foundation for you to get to the next place. Number one, book on leadership. Everyone is born a leader. Everyone. You are born a leader. Read books about leadership. I know you are the last one of your family. You are saying, okay, but I'm the last one. As long as you have two or three people hearing you, I'm not talking about church now. As long as you can say to one person, 
um, I want you to do this very particular thing for me. Can you? And the person say, yes, you're a leader already. Straight, you're a leader. Read book on leadership. Read book on people's management. Yeah, th those are, yo, people management, you need it. Yeah. Human being has emotions. So, yo, you need to know. Read books on people's management. And read book on emotional intelligence. Book that can give you strength. Where you are not bothered when men, your, your ability for you to control your emotions. Your ability for your capacity to be strength beyond what is currently happening. You read this, no, I'm not saying don't read any other books, but these three, these are foundational books that guarantees your stability and your push on planet Earth. No wonder we see in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, it says, Wisdom is the principal thing. It says, Therefore, get wisdom. But with all you're getting, get understanding. The understanding there, if you don't go and buy books, like the Bible says in Proverbs 23 23, I like that scripture. Proverbs 23 23. If you forget any scripture, remember this one. Proverbs 23 23. It says, Buy the truth. He said, And do not sell it. So, truth cannot be for free. It must cost you data. It must cost you study. It must cost you money. I'll repeat it again. Truth is not for free. It must cost you data, cost you money, cost you your time. It must cost you. One of the things that I've noticed with us as church, we like Mahala. No, for free, for free, for free, for free. Calm down. It must Salvation is not free. It costs God, his son. If our salvation is even not free, it costs you, your lifestyle. So the ability for you to buy the truth and sell it not. Buy the truth and sell it not. Proverbs 23, 23. He said, buy the truth and sell it not. He said, wisdom and instruction and insight as well. So which means as you buy the truth, also buy wisdom. Buy instruction and buy insight as well. So you have to buy four things according to this scripture here. Number one, buy the truth. Number two, buy wisdom. Number three, buy instructions. And number four, buy insight. And you can only get all this by you paying the price. Final point on this very particular segment because my time is really running out. Final point. What is the daily ritual you can engage when it comes to the possibility in routing in the place of uncertainty? Number nine at this point, church attendance. I wanted to stop here. I know. <laughs> I know why I wanted to stop here. Because a Sunday is coming. Church attendance. Church at For instance, your church, Platform Church. We have service on Sunday. Life. When last have you, were you there? If I let's even do it general. Let me do general conversation. COVID-19, uh, the government has said we are level 3. At least they permitted 50. When last were you in church? You know that your church can carry 50. In fact, as a matter of fact, some pastors are smart and as wise. To the point that they break the service into three. To say, okay, we have 150 members. So let's even break the service to be three services. So that 50 come first service, second service, 50, third service, 50. Have you been there? The government says that the church is a, is a fast spreader of COVID-19. You are greed. It shows that your heart is not in the things of God. Forget it. One of the things in which I put here on the scripture... I say anything that takes you far from the church has succeeded in taking you out of the life of Christ. I don't care who, who wants to contradict this. That is my understanding. So be it. Anything that succeeded in taking you out of the church, it has succeeded in taking you from the life of Christ. And I will show you from scripture tonight so that you understand that God has ordained the church as a porter for refreshing of your soul, empowering your spirit, and giving you voice on planet earth. The church, just the same way the garage is meant for the car to put fuel, the church is also there to fuel your life, fuel your soul, fuel your spirit. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25. I'll be stopping on this very particular point, number 9. Hebrews 10, 25. It says here, it says, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as a manner of some is. 
He said, but exalting one another, and so much more as ye see the days approaching, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves. Your Bible said so. But the last time you were in church was 2019 when COVID started. And you're wondering now why, they get, why you get fired. I remember I think there's a particular sister who called me. I don't want to mention name. But if it's, it's okay. The sister called me and all of a sudden apparently she was told. And she gave me a call and she was telling me about what she was going through. Blah, blah, blah. All those things. I said, okay. My first question the Holy Spirit asked me to ask her. When last were you in church? Four years ago. Four good years ago. Before COVID happened. And, and I asked her. The job you got now, how did you get it? No, I prayed to God and God blessed me with a job. And when God blessed you, you left the church, he says. That's why I tell you, I say, beloved, anything that takes you away from the church has succeeded. In it's a matter of time. It's a matter of time. Matter of time. If it takes God's system to give you that job, it will take God's system to sustain it. I don't care who, you, who is saying who. I don't. I don't. We have made the gospel of Christ look as if it's of no effect. I refuse to be that pastor. If it takes God to bless you, it will take God to sustain it. And that's why you see a lot of people because you know that you have you have erred in the system of God by attending church. He said, do not forsake. Do not forsake. Which means people have the capacity to forsake church. When your pastor says there is service online, do you attend? Do you attend church online? All of a sudden, I don't have data. But you have data to stream. You know, I, I make peace. I make conclusion. I say you choose to come to church based on your interest of the things of God. It's a choice. Whether online or offline. You don't have data, but you can watch YouTube. For two hours and your service online is one hour 30 minutes. You don't have data. You can be online 24-7. But you have a problem sitting with your church for 30 minutes. Don't you see that the enemy is already trying to take you far? You are like the prodigal son. Very soon you will rush back home with nothing in your hand. It's not a cause. It's there. I didn't. It's there. You go far out of God. Of course you will lose everything. The Bible says in Psalm 122 verse 1. Psalm 122 verse 1. David was saying, I was glad when they said, let us go into the house of the Lord. He said, so that he may teach us his ways. The ability for you to be in the house of God. I hear people say, no, I don't need church for me to be in church. Uh, I have my work with God. It's a, see, at all the people that have said that to me, I engage them thus far. And I'm looking forward to engage you also. I don't have a problem. I don't have any problem. Inbox me. I can give you my number. We can talk. We will talk. Check their life. They are currently struggling. Currently, in fact, as a matter of fact, some of them have lost stuff that are very important simply because they think that they are wiser than God's system. He said, Do not forsake. He also says in the book of Psalm chapter 24, Psalm 27, verse 4, he says, Here, he said, One thing have I desire of the Lord that I will seek after that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. You know, a lot of people believe that. Now, this very particular saying, people, no, I am the temple of the Most High God. I've heard some idiots actually say that very particular statement. I'm the temple of God, so I don't need to be in any church. And because God dwells in me. See, you are too small for you to be the house of God. You are very too small. In fact, the scripture, whoever said that scripture to you lied. You are not the temple, the house of, you are not. Forget it. A place that God has put called church. If not so, there is no need for Jesus to be going to the synagogue and the temple for him to go and preach the gospel. So you want to say that with all that. So Jesus' ability for him to go to the synagogue from age 12, it was all eradicated simply because he says you are the temple of the Most High God. When you say you are the temple, you are the dwelling place. You are the carrier of God's glory. But ability for that God's glory to be refreshed, you have to be in the house of God where he has ordained and anointed. For somebody tonight who has a problem with the church, 
I pray that God is going to heal your pain. I know that currently now there are charlatans in the church that has caused a lot of pains and discomfort. I pray that God is going to heal you and take you away and take those very particular pain. But please hear me and hear me well. The system of God still remains. As far as the church is concerned, the Bible says, I will build my church and the gate of hell shall not prevail. Anything that takes you out of the church is the gate of hell prevailing over your life. Seriously, the gate of hell prevailing. Let's look at Colossians chapter 1 verse 26. Colossians 1 26 and Ephesians chapter 3, 9 and 10. Those are the two scriptures that I will use and after then I'll just release the blessing and then we'll call it a wrap for tonight and we'll finish on Sunday. And Sunday we'll finish on Sunday. Colossians 1 26, it says here, the mystery which has been hidden from the ages and from generation but now has been revealed to the saints. How has it been revealed to the saints? Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 9 and verse 10. Ephesians 3, 9 and 10. It says here, and to make all men see which is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the world has been hid in God, who God created all things by Christ. He said to that intent now, mark that word now, now unto the principalities and power in heavenly places might be made known by where? By the church, the manifold wisdom of God. So you want to operate the wisdom of God, the church must be in view. The church must be in view. I don't care who has been lying to you. That's why your life is living lying. I don't care. This is one of the truths that we need to bring back. COVID is sitting now at stage three. When last have you been in church? When last have you streamed? When last have you, have you taken out your time to say, no, this thing have gone far. Let me come back home. There are some of you tonight under the sound of my voice. You need to be like the prodigal son and be genuine enough and say, this thing is causing me pain. I'm going back to my father's house. I'm going back home for me to be able to route the possibility. That is a privilege. Do you know that the moment you leave the father's house, you've lived the possibility and the life of God that is in Christ that you are supposed to display. I pray for somebody tonight on the sound of my voice. That enemy that has lied to you and to say to you that the reason why you are going through this is not because you've left church. It is because one, two, one, three, the person is lying. If this rituals that I've mentioned, nine of you that I've mentioned, and on Sunday we'll finish the remaining one, that I've mentioned, that is not in view in your life, I pray for you that you go back. It's a daily ritual that you need to do. That's why I say for some it's going to be a reminder, for some it's going to be like, okay, I need to be serious with my life. As far as God is concerned, see, he will never change his, his ways of insurance to your way of insurance. It is either God's way of insurance or no way of insurance. You want to enjoy God's benefit and God's provision, God's security? It has to be his own system. If you want to serve God, serve God in his time, not your terms. The reason why your life is remaining the way it is currently is because you've been trying to serve God according to your own terms and understanding. It is time to come back home. What is the prayer for tonight? As we bring our thought to a close tonight. We're going to pray, Father, the grace for me to be able to adhere to these nine rituals. And there are more also that is coming that I will do on Sunday. Please and please make sure you join us on Sunday for the concluding part two of this very particular text that we're looking tonight. But you're going to pray tonight, Father, give me grace for this ritual. The grace for me to be able to trust. The grace for me to be able to study. The grace for me to be able to pray. The grace for me to listen. The grace for me, for me to be able to give. The grace, every nine grace that I've mentioned, open your mouth and begin to pray. You know where you are currently falling short. You know where you are currently lacking. Ask God for grace. Father, ask God for grace. Open your mouth and begin to ask God, God, grace. God, grace. Grace, Lord. Grace, Lord. Grace, Lord. Grace, Lord. Grace, Lord. Grace, Lord. Father, Lord, we thank you. 
We appreciate you, Father, because we know that you are good God. We thank you because, oh Lord, your word has come, oh Lord, for us to see the rituals we need to engage in daily that can be able to break the hold of uncertainties in our life, break the hold of fear, anxiety, worries. Lord, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice tonight. Lord, in any way, Father, that we are fall short of this, we ask for mercy. We ask for mercy. We ask for mercy. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. In the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray, O oh Lord, for everyone that is struggling in any of these nine points. Lord, I ask that God send your spirit tonight to empower them in that area in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, because I know that this is done. To you we give all the glory. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And God's people say, Amen. That's all we have for today, but be sure to continue listening to the Rested Life Conversations. At Platform Church, we are all about simplifying the process, providing solutions, and creating realities for you. If this message has blessed you and you want to be a blessing by supporting this ministry, please visit platformchurch.co.za. Platform Church, Family of Rest.